So Bendigo today, I notice there's quite a few scratchings there, so hopefully Harry White is not pulling his hair out after going through all the trials and the videos and the form before uh, early this morning. But he joins us now uh, to look at today's eight event card. Good morning, Harry. Good morning, Dan. Yeah, there has been some scratchings. Uh, I've had to rejig just a few races, not too bad, um, and only, I think, one or two on top selections. But it's been a little bit of a shuffle, but... We'll obviously be uh, mindful of the wet track, but it's overall for a Sunday, it's as, as good a Sunday racing uh, as you're going to get. And there's one, my best of the day, that I'm, I'm really keen to back. Oh, we're going to be pretty keen to hear about that then. But all important is that track condition. And Wayne Tucker is the assistant track manager from uh, the Bendigo uh, Racing Club. And he, he joins us now to give us a rundown on today's uh, conditions. Wayne, thanks for joining us. Good morning to you. Morning, fellas. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, tell us about uh, the, the racetrack today. Is uh, There's a lot of scratchings, considering there's only one Victorian meeting today. Rails out f- f- uh, nine metres today, so using a bit of the track. So um, is there a bit of an overreaction to the track conditions? It's just a bit of a surprise last meeting of the season there'd be so many scratchings. Yeah, there is a lot of scratchings. There was quite a few emergencies, which does help fill them up a little bit, but... I think the heavy track might have scared a few off, but it's winter racing, so it's got to be expected this time of year. Yeah, probably actually the first and last races are the main races, otherwise the rest of them are scratchings. There is a, was a late one through uh, a little earlier, race three, number eight, Gobbo's mate at eight o'clock. So um, rails out. Tell us about the uh, the rail positioning and the actual uh, rating of the track. Yeah, we've moved the rail out to nine metres. We raced at the four-metre mark a couple of weeks ago. We're at a heavy eight with a penhole 5.8. The track probably walks a little bit better than an 8, but there is a fair bit of wear because it's had a pretty busy winter racing schedule, mostly on heavy track. So I'd expect it to race a little little softer than it feels. But in, in all honesty, it's a good track for this time of year. What about weather today? Um, what are you expecting? Is there any rain about? Yeah, we've got 5 to 10 mil of rain forecast, but it's not due till sort of after 4 or 5 o'clock, so we should get the races through before the rain hits. Um, other than that, it'll be a, a sort of cool, windy day. Will they use up all of the track? Will horses come, uh, <coughs> considering the rail's out nine, will they come, you know, potentially down the outside rail? They'll, they'll use most of the track. I, I don't think they'll get right against the outside. There's a little, little bit of wear there from some track work that's had out there, but I think... Being a heavy track, um, they will use most of it. Now, listen, being a assistant track manager, you must get a bit of mail there. It must be something you like, and I can understand if you want to keep it close to your chest. Some trainers saying, you know, have something on this, but don't tell anyone. Is there anything that you might fancy today? No, I haven't even had a look, to be honest, and, and yeah, I don't get told a lot here, that's for sure. All right, then. Well, it sounds like you have got a good thing. You just don't want to share with us. Um, Wayne, I'm only kidding. Uh, look, thanks for joining us, mate. I hope the day progresses really well. No worries. Thanks a lot. Wayne Tucker there. He's the assistant track manager at uh, Bendigo today. Okay, Harry. Well, we'll look at the uh, the first event uh, on the program at uh, Bendigo. So we're dealing with uh, the rail at nine metres. The track is rated as a heavy eight. And the first event is scheduled to start at 12.05 today. Uh, the first event on the card, this is the race where there's plenty of scratchings, but there were two-year-olds. And it's understandable, a lot of trainers with debutants in particular not wanting to run on a, on a, on a heavy track on debut. But the scratchings in race one are two, four, five, six, 
8, 11, 15 and 16. Um, the favourite is 13 uh, from the Corsons Yard. The Demon Award is at $2.90. 14, Sir Juggernaut at $3.60. And there's a few others that are in single figures. Double Earn, that we'll learn a bit more about with Levi Kavanagh shortly. Bromeo and La Ferrari, they're all in the market, mate. It's all yours. Tell us what you know, what you think, and what, what we might expect. Yeah, well, uh, as you've touched on, nearly half of this field is is scratched, so it's sort of changed a little bit of complexion. Some of the debutants have shown um, ability, and I wouldn't knock anyone wanting to back one of those debutants. You're getting a nice enough price to find out if, if they can bring it to race day, but it is the race brigade I want to side with. Demon Award, now the race favourite, now gets promoted to top spot uh, in my numbers. Last seen running last place in the Talender prior to a spell. Uh, it was a listed race, obviously. Has been jumping out very well this time in, and obviously this is easier. Sir Juggernaut, absolutely friendless in betting on debut, but nearly won. Beat Allbar, a horse called Seven Sisters, who then finished within two lengths of the winner in the Blue Diamond Phillies prelude. So, obviously, that's a pretty good form reference. As far as the debutants go, I thought Le, uh, Le Ferrari, number three, was the pick of them from what I've seen at the jump outs. Uh, and then the Ben Brisbane debutant, number one, Bromeo. I thought it was quite a nice trial win at Chichura. So if you wanted to back either of those, I wouldn't talk you out of it. But I've gone 13, 14, 3 and 1. Okay, that's in uh, race uh, number one. Levi Kavanagh um, has a couple of runners going around today in partnership with uh, with Dad Mark and uh, they've got a debutant, so it be interesting to find out about Dublin, uh, who's well in the market too, for uh, its uh, debut today. Levi, good morning. Thanks for joining us, mate. G'day, Dan. How are you going? Yeah, really well. Um, excited. Must be exciting when you're taking a, a first starter that looks like they've got a bit of ability going to the races for the first time. Um, sometimes the ride home is not always as uh, optimistic and enjoyable <laughs> as the ride up. But tell yeah. us about your thoughts on Dublin today. Bumpy. Yeah, sometimes. And an hour hour trip feels like two hours. (laughs) Yes, yeah, it does. Um, Look, the horse has done really well. Uh, As you mentioned, though, it's first starter, and you never know till you get him to the track. You know, it's the first time they've sort of gotten out out of the stables for a decent trip and um, get to race day situation. So, look, she's she's, um, shown that she's got a bit of talent in her jump outs. We've been pretty happy with the way she's, she's come along. Um, and even her work following that, we've sort of had a few jump outs a few weeks back and we've sort of been, um, you know, we've had her ready to start and haven't opted to go. But we think that the heavy eight's not going to be too bad for her today, but we had her nominated a few times where it was a heavy 10, so we just opted to push her out. But, you know, we've got to start somewhere and, and give her a race uh, today's the day. So what sort of conditions in some of those jump-outs would she have a delta with? Because often, particularly at the city jump-outs, the tracks don't get to that really heavy uh, heavy stage. But is it enough that you get a guide that you're comfortable she will get through the ground? Well, we've been fortunate enough that we've been able to have some jump-outs down at Werribee. And um, it's quite heavy there, and we've been able to test uh, some horses down there on the heavy conditions. But Flemington's normally pretty good, so... Um, it doesn't really get that heavy on some of the training tracks, and and when and through the winter time as well, we give some of them a bit of a spell, and um, we get to have jump outs on the poly tracks, so the all weather surfaces. So you don't really get much of a guide. You've got to take it to the races and and um, see how they perform. And tell us about some of the owners that might be in the horse, because it's 
it's exciting, and often you'll associate two-year-olds getting to the track potentially with with owners that have never had horses before. So tell us about some of the owners here because, um, you know, it's very, must be so exciting for them. Oh, exactly right. Name the horse, it's a French name, it's Dublin, by the way. I I used to call it Double Earn at the start, but um, no, Dublin. Oh, which Uh, is what you put your hand out for, yeah? Double Earn? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Um, So, yeah, look, there's a lot of owners that, I think a few of them are first time um, owners with us as well, and, you know, they they buy a horse um, early last year, and, you know, it's it's an exciting way. You get to go through the jump outs and and get the reports each week and the videos and things like that. But um, what they're all waiting for is race day. And, you know, I, I think that um, this is the exciting part when you come down and have your, have your sort of first start with, with a filly. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, double chance you've got in race number five. Now, she's only won the one race, but last prep or within her last couple of preps, she, she mixed it with a Foxy Frieda and an Attractable place behind here to shock. That sort of form, it looks pretty good for a benchmark 64, so I'm a little surprised she's $8. Yeah, she's a tricky horse. She she does run well. Form around her is good. I, I feel she should have probably won two or three by now. Um, mm. she, we're trying to ride her midfield, and she just she just gets a bit far back um, in the early stages of the race, and then she flies home in the final stages and runs a great fourth or a third, you know what I mean? So... Look, um, we're out to a proper trip today. Like, last start was a bit too short for her. Um, so out to the mile today is probably where she's better suited. Um, we'll try, you know, we'll try and ride her midfield and, and not have as much work to do. If, if Hopefully they're coming home on this track today. It's not too wet. But she does like the soft conditions, and she does like it at, at this mile trip. Well, two horses that are well in the market. One's at $6, your two-year-old, and, uh, and double chance at $8. If there's one of the two where you had to comply with having just one bet, which one would it be? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I don't like um, having a bet in a two-year-old race because there's lots of unknowns. But, look, she's been going really well. Um, probably the, the two-year-old would be the go, I'd say. Okay. And then maybe a place on double chance. Yeah, look, if, if we can get her up into a bit more um, prominent position in the field, then, look, she'll be, she'll be right around the mark. But... Um, she does just have a tendency to get further back than we like her to sit. Levi, thanks for joining us today, and hopefully it's a real short trip home. Yeah, hopefully I race home. <laughs> thanks, Levi. Levi Kavanagh there, and uh, with uh, with Dad Mark, they've got those two runners today. So, Harry, uh, your thoughts on, on listening to, to Levi and about the two-year-old in the first event of you were... Uh, uh, well, you wouldn't demote your thoughts of uh, his opinion of uh, Dublin, but um, does it promote her, her chances? Oh, look, she looks like a nice enough uh, filly, Dan. It's just, as Levi touched on, those jump outs have been on a synthetic track, so she has to obviously uh, bring it to race day now and bring it to a heavy track. Um, deservedly in the market, from from what I've seen, it was just those, those horses with prior uh, exposed form that I was siding with in the opener. Now, Hillsville Greyhounds have been abandoned today. They were due to kick off shortly, so no... Hillsville abandoned due to the state of the track. Hillsville Greyhounds are off. Harry, we're looking at race number two. This is a maiden, a four-year-old older maiden, and the scratching is number eight. So this field holds up uh, pretty well. Um, number four 
is the favourite. Let the banner fly high at 260. 11 is Shadowway Drive at uh, $4.20. In the top two on the market. I am going with number 10, Power Stone. Um, the issue with the horse hasn't publicly trialled or jumped out leading into the prep, but going off form from last campaign, I think it reads well enough to measure up in a field of this calibre. She arguably maps for the run of the race. I like the way number five, Tuck Truck, has been trialling and jumping out. Uh, and he did run well first up last preparation, probably uh, his best run of the campaign. And you're getting a nice enough price to find out. The race favourite, Let the Banner Fly High, did run well first up this time in, uh, will be prominent in the run. You can forgive the debut effort, the preparation prior, pulled up with uh, heart uh, irregularity. So I think Let the Banner Fly High will probably lead or near enough to, and the market has gravitated towards him, which is a positive sign. Shadowway Drive uh, is another one who will be up the front. Um, has to be a query at the back end uh, of this trip, I thought, going off exposed form to date. So um, I'm not surprised to see the market sort of drift out about that horse. But Power Stone, if we go off form and we don't mind that we haven't seen a jump out, prior form's good enough to win a race like this. 10, 5, 4, 11. There's one bit of form line in that that just stands out to me, uh, and that's third to Daytona Bay, a horse I really rate. Um, I reckon any horse that can get within two lengths of Daytona Bay must be respected, Harry. So $5.50 about Power Stone. I like what you're thinking. Yeah, um, that was obviously the the best uh, form reference from, from last preparation, uh, that run, and um, she's ran some... Good races, sort of either either side of that. But um, as far as form references go, for a four-year-old and up maiden, um, if we're referencing Daytona Bay, obviously um, she should go very close. And five fifty, well, that's a certainly a backable price in my book. Race three on the heavy eight with a rail out nine metres at Bendigo. Scratchings are two, three, ten, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. Number one, Armstrong Bay is dominating the market here. Simon Wilde prepares Linda Meats. A very strong combination. $2.20 Armstrong Bay. Uh, Triotto number seven at 4.40 is first up. And the next in the market is around the $7 mark. Isles of Avalon, which is number eight. I am happy to sort of play around the favourite. wouldn't surprise me if it just came out and, and simply won. But I'm going with number seven, Triotto. Um, I'd expect the horse to utilise the low draw and be forward in the run. He made a good account of himself in both runs last preparation, ran second on debut, uh, and then was only sort of three and a half lengths off the winner. When well supported at Pakenham, jump outs this time in I thought had been pretty good. I'm glad to see that one of the emergencies, Poppet, has gained a start. Um, prior form... And a recent jump out suggests to me that she'll be competitive. And you're getting a price to find out. You're getting sort of north of that $15 quote. Race favourite Armstrong strips fitter second up. He and the winner absolutely gapped the rest of them at Warrnambool. So uh, it was visually impressive. I can understand why the market would sort of go that way. And Isles of Avalon, I thought, was the other key hope. That's reflective in the market. The car park draw has been improved with those six or seven scratchings for that horse. I've gone seven, 14, one, and eight. And pop at number 14 is $14 fixed odds. Race four, a maiden over the mile, and the scratchings are three, four, 13, 14, 17, 
and 18. Shalili. Is this the day for Shalili? Even money favourite, Dan O'Brien and D. Oliver taking the ride. There must be a, a good lead in that. Uh, Bioluminescence, number six, uh, from the Simon Zara uh, stable, a very successful live broadcast from Simon's uh, stables yesterday and, and the uh, yearling parade. And it's the second favourite after a couple of silver medals lately. It's at $3.90. I'm going with one at well, a bit of a price, Dan. Uh, number 12, Shemista. Like the way the horse found the line on debut. He was then thrown in straight into a, uh, a strong race at Flemington over 1,800 metres. Was well beaten, but by no means disgraced. I think back to the mile in an easier calibre of race. A couple of gear changes have been applied. He can prove competitive. Uh, Shalili naturally looks well-placed back in maiden grade after a good effort in a benchmark 64 last time out. If you're happy to take uh, the even money, I wouldn't talk you out of it. I just thought from a pricing point of view, Shemista looked more appealing to me. Bioluminescence has to prove she can run a strong mile, but maps to lead. So if you back her, you won't die wondering. And then Madam Mayhem I've chucked in as... Probably best of the rest, I'd say, but we'll go 12, 10, 6, 8. 12, 10, 6, 8, $7 uh, about uh, Shemista. Craig Williams with the ride. Craig's got three pretty good rides today as well. So um, the strength in uh, quality riders there, Damien Oliver, also with uh, three rides there today and is riding the favourite Charlilly in that race as well. Right, we get up to the first leg of the main quaddy. Race five at Bendigo is the benchmark 64. The scratchings are four, five, 13 and 15. Um, Captain Joire is uh, trained by Nick Ryan. Damien Oliver rides. It's a $2.20 horse, number 11. And then we've got a number of horses around the 8 to $9 mark. One Spanish Schnitzel, three IM News, uh, number seven Guantanamera, and also number 12, Double Chance, whom we just talked about with uh, Levi Kavanagh. So a clear favourite, number 11, Harry. Yeah, and this is the horse uh, I was talking about, Dan, at the, at the start of the show that I'm very, very keen to back. Cap de Joie won very nicely uh, here first up. That was her first run in Australia, and the closing sectional data backs up the effort. I like that Ollie is sticking with her, and I think that she'll absolutely relish the rising trip Um yeah, if you haven't seen the replay, uh, go and do yourself a favour. It was visually impressive, and as I said, the time the time backs it up as well. So I think that uh, she's certainly progressive enough to just simply win again. Spanish Schnitzel won a similar profile race at Track and Trip 2 back. That took his tally uh, at Bendigo over the mile to three wins from four runs, so that's obviously good stats. He'll get back, be running on. Uh, Guantanamera, number seven. The minor money finishes behind that horse last start have both come out and won their respective maidens since. So the form's obviously half decent. And then double chance uh, for the Kavanaghs. I thought was a little bit disappointing as favourite last start. But as Levi touched on, over a trip short of her best, she'll appreciate the mile, doesn't mind getting her toe in. She certainly can bounce back uh, and prove competitive. But for me, uh, one-way traffic all about the 11, Dan. 11-1, 7-12. Race uh, six is the benchmark 58. Uh, the scratchings here are 12, and then 14, 15, 16, and 17 come out. Uh, the odds at the moment, race number six, uh, we have uh, number nine, Yosemite, is at 370. Favourite, though, is Covert, number two, at $3.50. 
six is simply Venus at 6.50. So they're your top three uh, for the uh, sixth event. I'm going to have a bit of a throw at the stumps here, Dan, with number 10, Answer Me Hussey, at a price. And there has been a bit of market support this morning. Resuming off a lengthy layoff, that's due to having sustained a suspensory injury. So that's the obvious knock. I did, however, think her recent jump out was solid, as is prior overall form. She's proven on rain-affected ground and can be prominent in the run. From a low draw, good front-running rider in Craig Newitt. And we're getting a price to find out, and we can even back each way. Uh, should you be inclined to? Zademski raced on well since knocking off a maiden here five runs back, despite being friendless in betting. Yosemite likes racing here. My concern is her getting back and buried from the low draw. And then Covert has jumped out nicely leading into the prep, knocks off three kilos with Lachlan overall, um, taking the ride and has that market support. But uh, we'll chase a bit of value, Dan. 10792. Currently at $16 the win, $4 the place, answer me, Hussey, in race number six. Uh, race seven, Harry, and the scratchings here are four, five, nine, and 15. Odds on favourite, Craig Williams rides Madame de Gast, uh, $1.95 about number 10, six fifty about the Hawks train Glamour and Glory, which is number 13, and uh, double figures for the others, $10 uh, Darsan DeMille, number two, and six El Salto. Yeah, Madame de Gast uh, on top for me, race favourite. Getting pretty tight in betting now. You sort of were getting north of $2 this morning, which I thought was a bit more appealing. Comes up with the inside draw, so that could be a knock, but Craig Williams piloting to try and overcome that. Um, certainly got a very handy jockey to do so. I like the way she found the line in a recent jump out. With even luck from that barrier, she probably goes very, very close. Darsand Emil comes back in grade and trip. Maps for the run of the race off the fence and around midfield. Glamour and Glory, yet to see a rain-affected track on race day, but will be forward from a low draw. And then number one, Jittery Jack, offsets a big weight allocation with a three-kilo claimer riding and has the class to win despite being uh, this being a trip short of his best. 10 to 13 one And that leaves race eight, the benchmark 64 over the 1,400 metres. A lot of scratchings here, but I think we're still, yeah, eight runners, so there's still three place dividends. The scratchings are one, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 13, 14, and 16. And yes, you're right, Harry. It would have been easy to read the horses that were running. However, <laughs> a lot of our listeners, um, you know, it's a, it might change it up. We've all done it before. We've accidentally scratched a horse if someone does change it up. So, National Choice, $2.90, the favourite from three, Michigan at $3, four, no surrender at $4.20. Uh, numbers two, three, four are the top three in the market. Yeah, and that's the way uh, I'm going, Dan. Um, yeah, knocked around with scratching, so we're reverting to plan B, but the good thing is National Choice and Michigan come via the same race. They both ran well. I'd argue that National Choice probably should have finished ahead of Michigan, was tightened for room in the run, but Michigan will improve. He was only first up, peaked on the run late, all the fitter. I think they're the key winning hopes. It's the right form reference race for me, so I'm going to trim up with just those two in the quaddie. No Surrender has only found one better in his last two runs. There's plenty of merit in that. And the number five crew class uh, resuming. She was good first up last prep, then didn't have a whole lot of luck uh, in her second up run. Watch the market for any moves about her. But uh, I'm happy to suggest that if it's not the two, it's the three. Two, three, four, five.
Okay, and we'll have a look at your best bets and uh, and quaddy for the day. Uh, I think I know what your best bet is, and I reckon I've got a good idea what your best value is too. Yeah, well, my best, um, yeah, very, very keen, Dan, on race five, number 11, Cap de Joie. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. My French isn't very good. Uh, value, look, Anthony Hussey is the biggest priced winner that I've tipped today in race six, but I've gone race four, number 12, Shemista, because $7.50 taking on a $2 favourite. I think that's the value play. Quaddy, first leg, one seven eleven, second leg, two seven nine and 10, third leg, Two ten thirteen, and we're going to trim up the last leg, just numbers two and three. Play of the day, I toyed with Craig Williams winning the Jockey Challenge at four dollars twenty. Then I thought, you know what? We'll just because Shemister's my value play, we'll just go an all up race one number thirteen, uh, which is Demon Award, into race seven number ten, Madame Dugast. Okay, well, there's a few challenging names there. The the French theme could be the theme for the day there. Um, Harry, uh, it's the end of the season, the last race day of the 2021-22 season. Um, collectively, you can come up with many highlights, but is there one that could be a standout for you? Oh, I've got a few, Dan. I've been asked this question um, over the past week, and I sort of, you know, who was, you know, the horses that come to mind, obviously, Nature Strip going across to Royal Ascot and being the first Australian-trained horse to win there since... Uh, Black Caviar, and he's just an absolute machine. I think about horses like Hitotsu, who went from a Donald Maiden win over 1,300 metres to then two runs later knocking off a Victorian derby over 2,500 metres, then being spelled and winning the Australian Guineas first up, then the ATC derby. His rating went from a 63 to 110 after that derby win. I just think that's a horse with, with real upside, um, passive-aggressive. You know, she's unbeaten. And we know where she's going. They say that the Group 3 Cockrum Stakes at the back end of August is where she's penciled in. So she might be a horse to follow and, and keep that intact. And then I think about the, the Group 1s we've had over the season, Dan, and I just keep going back to the Cox Plate. You know, the, the controversy, state of rest, animo, the decision being finalised in the stewards' room with Craig Williams firing off that protest. Um, and very elegant, the eye-catcher in the Cox Plate and then comes out and wins the Melbourne Cup, and now she's in France. So I know I've rattled off a lot there, but Nature Strip, Patotsu, Passive Aggressive, uh, the Cox Plate, it was a great season um, and won. And they're all the things that popped into my mind when I was asked the question about what the highlights were, Dan. Yeah, I'm giving them all ticks. I agree with you on that reflection. It, it, it really reminds us that what a wonderful uh, year of racing that we've had. Harry, I hope the season ends uh, profitably for you and uh, all our listeners. So good luck with uh, Bendigo today. Yeah, fingers crossed, Dan. Thanks for having me on uh, this morning.